But no, this is and this is why this is why I was talking about where where librarians by and large are coming from. You know, that that there's a there's a skew towards the left. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Welcome to the Hopper Podcast. We have a All right. Yeah, we have a, a good episode today. Uh-huh. Uh, I we, hope so. We'll see. We, man, you guys are... <laughs> It's going to be good. All right. I can tell you why. Because for breakfast, we're drinking bacon bourbon. Oh, my goodness. And um, it, uh, our friend Jim is here with us, who is a librarian. Welcome, Jim. He has a degree in library science. And no, uh, Dave, I have a master's degree in well, library science. And that's a terminal, <laughs> that, that's a terminal degree for library no, you, science. No, you it? can get a PhD in library oh, okay. science. You can. I don't know huh. if they call it library science, but you can get a PhD. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So when's that happening? <laughs> Never. Okay. Well, Jim uh, has some bourbon where he rendered some bacon fat and soaked it, and it's it's delicious. Do you like it? It's it's really look at my eyes and tell me you like it. I like it. Oh. It's yes, it's very smooth. You boys. Yeah, so we're having bourbon and beer for breakfast. Um, yeah. Uh, Willie's wife pulled out a bottle that said sheepdog on it. Sheepdog. Yeah. I figured she she rendered dog fat and. Soak the bourbon in that. That would be She's the best way to use a dog. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, now. All right. <laughs> so, Here we go. So what yeah. are we talking about, Dave? Uh, we're talking about uh, the the <clears throat> banning <clears throat> of books in yes. school libraries. Yeah, that's a big, big topic. Yeah. So, um, Willie, why don't you set the stage for that? Well, I can set the stage a little bit. Um Recently, there has been a ton of activity around parent groups, especially in high schools, um, uh, teach, um, yeah, parent groups, looking at specific books that are um, have topics around two different issues. One is LGBTQ issues, mm-hmm. and the other is racial and particularly black issues, and uh, and with there, it's critical race theory and Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but parents who don't want the corrupting influence of specific books, and so there's lots and lots of lists out there of books that are terrible and evil and corrupting our children and need to be banned from the library, and a lot of, and calling for the resignation of librarians, school librarians, and local uh, uh-huh. libraries, community libraries. That have these books or might have these books. I even, I saw one interview recently that the librarian said we don't have any of these books in the library, and the and the um, parent group said, well, would you would you commit right now to never getting any of these? And the librarian said, no, I'm not going to commit to the future never getting them. We just don't have any right now. And so then and uh, they lobbied to have this librarian fired, including. Uh, intimidating the person by going over to the librarian's house with guns mm. and, and and saying you have to resign and the the librarian actually finally did and left the community yeah and so there's a lot of that kind of stuff going mm. on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and book banning is I mean it's, it, it's beginning more and more intense recently and so mm-hmm. um, that's why I wanted to bring Jim in to tell us more. Uh, someone who has studied and has been a librarian. You're a librarian in a local in in our local library. Yes, yes. I um, I I've been with the um, I've been with the library for ten years. Uh, it'll be ten years, I think, in March. 
February, mm-hmm. March. Yeah. Um, and I've had a, I've had different roles in the library. I've I started off as a clerk. I was a branch manager at our main branch downtown. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, my job changed, and now I'm a librarian for our basically for our bookmobile, but I do a lot of different things yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Mostly in our ed services, educational services, we deliver books to the schools and and um, daycares, things. Okay, like that. Okay, so here's my question then. Okay, why are librarians like you trying to push pornography to uh, elementary age children? Well, you know, it passes the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of the way it's couched. Although it isn't yeah, couched, right. we haven't had to deal with those kind of issues here okay, in okay. here in Bowling Green. Uh, can I say Bowling Green? Can sure. I say where we yeah, are? Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Don't be right. more specific than that because we don't want people coming to our houses. Okay, well, yeah. yeah, you don't want shotguns and all that stuff, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I don't want them either. Um, you know, for years, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Maurice Sendak, who did um, Where the Wild Things Are. Mm-hmm. One of his books is challenged time and time and time again um, every year mm. in libraries around the country or around the world. Um, Where the Wild Things Are is one. That one is consistently on the top top books challenged list. And uh, The Night Kitchen. Hmm. And, and the reason for The Night Kitchen is that it's a children's story where you see where he's drawn this little boy um, – Anatomically correct, naked in his in this dream, mm. in this dreamscape, mm-hmm. in his kitchen, and there's a lot of people that don't like that book. Hmm. We've got it, mm-hmm. just for that reason. But just for that reason. Yeah. So they're not looking at the context; they're looking at mm-hmm. just the fact that okay, I'm seeing this this kid's genitals. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this guy must have been a pervert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, um. So yeah. Yeah, I mean that. Those are the kind of things that that mm-hmm. when we get a challenge, it's it's for something like that. Mm-hmm. So, which I think there are some. Uh, it's I think it's blind and foolish to uh, to go with this notion that just because it's in a library or or libraries are intended to be the exchange of ideas and the gathering of information, that mm-hmm. everything is suitable for a children's library. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I don't think that's true. I think that there should be some uh, tighter restrictions on uh, a school library, a children's library. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, we don't. Uh, who gets to set those parameters? And in our day and age, when things are so polarized, yeah, and the two narratives are shouting so loudly at each other and trying to cancel each other. Yes. So you know, you, you go to Berkeley and you're, you're a conservative. They're going to scream and yell at you until you can't you can't hear yourself think. Right. And they're not going to hear. They're not going to exchange the bastion ideas. of free speech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and I, I've I've run into a few younger couples um, that are very conservative, and think that uh, Tim Keller is woke. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I'm and I'm like, well, I haven't listened to Tim Keller in the last five years or so. So unless he's singing a different tune, which I I no. seriously doubt he's not. Um, he's not woke. I don't you know woke. I don't even know what that means anymore. We've talked about this on the on this uh, podcast. Sure. Um, th- these words get hijacked, they get used in a narrative, they get thrown as a grenade across the line, it becomes a way to label someone, right. and we don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so if those, if you see those two kind of extremes coming into a library and raising cane about what can and can't be there for their children, uh, boy, that could be a sticky situation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And given the culture war that we're, I mean, it's, that's not even a phrase I don't think that is even really that popular anymore. And... Um, 
and it has this sort of 90s connotation that it almost isn't even relevant anymore. You know, that, that I would say that what when you say culture war to someone who grew up in the 90s or lived through the 90s and the early 2000s, that phrase has a different connotation than it does now. I mm-hmm. would say that it's even sharper and more, for lack of a better word, dangerous mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. what we're dealing with, um, than than what we think of as the culture war yeah. from the 90s and yeah. the early 2000s, from that yeah. earlier time. Um, yeah, it's it's a difficult it's it's a difficult time to to live in when you're dealing with the public, and when you're, particularly when you're dealing with uh, with people's kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- you know, we what we're trying to do here is uh, think, right, right, right. A- exchange ideas, and listen. Um, and if we disagree, let's let's try to figure out where we agree and why we're disagreeing, and you know, get to the bottom of it. Right. Instead of the constant mislabeling and judging right. and kind of knee jerk reactions that are so prevalent today. Um, yeah. yeah. So I can see uh, parents coming in with pitchforks to their their school library, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and others just thinking, oh, well, well, uh, you know, sex is a natural part of our. Our, our bodies and our, our life so so our kids should know all this stuff immediately or have access to whatever. Right. Um, and you get those two extremes. Uh, you're you're going to have battles in your <laughs> in your shelves. Right, right. Yeah. And that's... Uh, and you Jump in. You know, I don't want to monopolize our time at all. Um, but, um, yeah, you've got... You've got a situation, I think, where... Where people, librarians by and large, and this is, I'm basing this on my own experience, but also on the, uh, you know, just on the literature, on mm-hmm. the journals, the yeah, professional yeah. journals, that sort of thing. You know, it, most librarians, I'd say the vast majority of librarians, sort of live, you know, we, we live in this, in, a, in almost an echo chamber, mm-hmm. okay, uh, where we, you know, we're... We, many librarians, most librarians, I'd say, are skew left, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a great, there is a great emphasis placed on number one, privacy, mm-hmm. and number two, access to data. And I would say that the access to information would even, well, there, the privacy and access are the two, the two central pillars of of. Librarian work, as it's understood by by most librarians mm-hmm. in the United States today, mm-hmm. and those things are very important. Mm-hmm. You know, we deal you know, living where we live, we get a great deal of people from all different parts of the world that come in, mm-hmm. and one of the things that that surprises them, and that we have to sort of u- in, in using when we can, um, their community leaders to, to help communicate this is that the library is a safe place for them. Yeah. Because a lot of times where they're, what they're coming out of, the library is not a safe place. Mm. If they even have libraries, those reading lists that people, that those libraries generate in their home countries are used against them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's a litmus test. It's, a, it's an indicator. Is, is this person loyal? Is it not? What are they reading? What are they not reading? You're talking about like refugees. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so they come here, and we have to communicate to them, look, you're, you're safe. 
the government's not going to be able. The library doesn't keep a list of your of your reading material. Right. You we the our library, and I can't speak for every one, but our particular library system will not keep your your reading history mm-hmm. unless you specifically ask us to. Mm-hmm. Now you can do that. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't. The, our system won't keep a list. You're of not books. Big Brother. Absolutely not. Yeah. And if. Um, and it would be a, a very difficult thing for, you know, a, you know, a police department or the Department of Justice or whatever to be able to come in and try and get those records. If if we were, it's 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 a tough it's a tough thing for them to for them yeah. to do, it because people do have a right to that privacy. That mm-hmm. and, and I and I firmly uh, I firmly affirm that, mm-hmm. you know, people should have a right to not have the government poking around in what they're reading. So that's the privacy. And that's then, privacy. Right. And then also you said um, access to information. Access to information. Now that's, and of course, that's what we're talking about. It is. Yeah. And that's where things get, get sticky. Um, most librarians uh, feel that any material that is put out there, the library should hold. Now there are some caveats uh-huh. that are thrown in there. Um there are some there are some library systems um, that and and they've and there's they have experienced trouble because of this. There are some library systems that allow unrestricted access to the internet. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the what's the result? That sounds like a good, and in a lot of ways it is. But what's the end result? Yeah, I think yeah. you got a whole bunch of people in public areas accessing pornography and. You know, exactly or, or dark web stuff. Sure, dark exactly. web stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They will not now. Most most libraries do filter, and there are, and there are certain rules that the government has for us to be able to access funding mm-hmm. for different aspects of of what we require, um, where those rules come into play. But you know, when um, when a library system says, you know, we don't we don't want that, we're going to offer unrestricted access to the mm-hmm. internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of one in particular. Um, and I can't remember for sure which library city it was a major city. Um, they said, "Well, we're going to offer this." Well, what happened was that every morning when the uh, staff would come into work, mm-hmm. there was a line of men lined up outside the library, not waiting to get a book. Mm-hmm. Wow! But waiting to run right to that computer lab and get on those computers, and that's where they would be all day long. Yeah. And accessing the most vile, mm-hmm. disgusting sure. kind of stuff that you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And so staff complains to the director. The director says, well, I don't care. Mm-hmm. They have a right to access this material. Mm-hmm. Well, what wound up happening was that the staff um, uh, lodged a complaint and a lawsuit class action mm-hmm. lawsuit against that director and against the library system for creating a hostile work environment. Mm-hmm. And when they go in, when they're passing by this computer lab, which mm-hmm. is out in the open, it's not sure, like yeah, a separate sure. room. Yeah. Um, you've got men who are masturbating, men yeah. who are looking at this material. And when they, when the women, uh, sure, female sure. staff walks by, they're getting harassed, yep. uh, groped, mm-hmm. and the director didn't do anything about it. Well, they got sued yeah. and they lost. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Because while I appreciate the access to information, yeah. in the extreme, I think it's pretty obviously a, a problem. And so then that's the question 
that is that we're being presented with, I yeah. think, with this the banning books for children, yeah, uh, especially books that are geared toward children or to teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, what access, you know, the idea of open access, I think, is good, and there needs to be some restrictions to it. I'll say from the uh, from the left side, the the good argument I think is when you think about uh, LGBTQ uh, material as well as uh, material around black uh, culture and black people, uh, so much literature is geared toward um, straight people and to uh, white people, basically, uh, that black and LGBTQ people, and maybe especially black LGBTQ people, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, can't find themselves represented in that material. And uh, it is... Uh, what I, I remember hearing one librarian saying, a school librarian, high school student, high school librarian, saying, anytime any any of my students come into the library, I want them to be able to find themselves yes. in the library. Sure. And uh, LGBTQ people especially are so isolated, and there's so much um, uh, depression and even suicide mm-hmm. risk among these folks because they feel like no one understands them and they can't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Having that material in the library can be really a wonderful life-giving thing yeah. for them yeah. that can allow them the the mental capacity, mental space, emotional space to mm-hmm. actually work some through some issues. On the other hand, so that's I think that's a a great argument. And then also um, with. Uh, uh, Black issues, the same basic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so on, but the conservative side is, at some point, right? You have what what you're giving to folks really is just pornography, and- or is uh, what I remember hearing about one book. Uh, where did I hear this? I think the New York Times was was profiling some of these books that I read. Uh, or uh, I read an article that was profiling some of these books, mm-hmm. and one of them was uh, geared toward, I think gay men, I'm not sure, boys, Mm -hmm. and -hmm. saying, hey, if your parents don't like the fact that you're gay, here's how you can, uh, here's an instruction manual about how to get around your parents so that they don't know, well, you can go not just for relationships, you can go for anonymous hookups. Yeah. And here is an instruction manual on how to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, that should not be in a school library, I think, pretty clearly. And so there are some things that are really messed up. Yeah. Anyway, we got this right and left, and then we, there's problems on both sides as well. They're going overboard, and so I'm, I'm curious to think through with you, mm-hmm. where do we find some middle ground? Right. Uh, you know, the extreme left is bizarre and crazy. The extreme right is bizarre and crazy. Yeah. How can people who really, um, how can Christians or uh, just thoughtful, compassionate people, mm-hmm. w- what should be our our goals here? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we also need to uh, go back and revisit the idea of a school library versus any Though, library. That's a big. That's a big difference. Yeah, um, yep. because I, I'm not. Some of what you said there, I'm not sure I would. I would sign off on. Um, <clears throat> there needs to be. It, it's more complicated. I think sure. uh, when you know I have, I have three kids who've come through public school. Yep. And they were reading, and I and I mean this in the um, in the nicest possible way, mm-hmm. absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, contemporary works that were uh, liberalizing, if anything. Mm-hmm. That it's just an agenda, the the, the standard agenda, mm-hmm. that um, that 
all of our educational institutions are skewed to the left. We don't have representation of, of the conservatives mm-hmm. typically. Mm-hmm. Um, this is creating a pendulum swing and a backlash. Mm-hmm. These young couples I talk to, they, they're, they're fed up with, mm-hmm. with gender bending being shoved down their throats. Mm-hmm. Their kids are being forced to read garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, my kids don't, I mean, if they read any classics, it's because I read it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're not even reading like Harry Potter in school. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it well, is, Harry Potter would be verboten right now. Is that right? Well, I mean, they're not. It's never going to be banned. But with uh, with J.K. Rowling coming out oh, in, in, which has nothing to do with the with the content of the books themselves, just that the author has. Okay, yeah. that's a different issue. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, Dave, I hear what you're saying. I think yeah. there's also a pretty big difference between required reading or reading that is part of the curriculum in classes versus. We have a book in the library that is available. Right. Those are very, very different. I agree. I agree. And some of this is what what is being um, uh, required from their teachers, and that's sure. a different topic. That's a different topic. Uh, and, and, but what's available is is the next step. It's part of it. Sure. And, so, and it's not the Library of Congress where we're trying to gather Indeed. everything that's ever published. It, Indeed. It, it is a school library. That's right. And uh, th- it's for the education of our children. Yeah. And so that's where... Uh, very legitimate debates take place. Mm-hmm. What are we? Uh, what are we trying to communicate to our children? Mm-hmm. Um, and even with the uh, the topic that you brought up, as far as a, a kid's identity, mm-hmm. there are there are valid reasons for that, which we've discussed on this podcast, mm-hmm. and there are cultural, mm-hmm. sinful, what we would call sinful sure. reasons for that. Of course. And how do you distinguish those things? It's not easy. Yeah. And so how do how do you, you know a kid is confused? Um, you send them to a left counselor, and they're gonna they're gonna tell you to embrace all this. Yeah. Sure. And uh, yeah. And here's a here's a manual. Here's a plan on how to get around your parents and all that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, you you send them to a conservative counselor, and they mm-hmm. might try to. Uh, um, not even understand or nuance that there are biological reasons that could cause this confusion. You just need to pray more and let's uh, cast yeah, out the demon. Maybe memorize, right, right. maybe memorize yeah. this passage of scripture. Or yeah, whatever. right, right, right. And so we both of those are ridiculous. Both of those are yeah. And so there's uh, but and they, there's no listening. There's no nuancing. Right, there, right, right, right. Um, as soon as you say something that is uh, further left to to the right. Um, these people are going to call you a liberal. Yep. And as soon as you say something that's at all conservative to a liberal, they're going to call you a conservative. Exactly. And just, they, once they label you, there's no middle ground. There's no. no they're just going to. They're going to dismiss you. Okay. They're going to cancel you. So we're bo- so we're going to be dismissed no matter what we say. Yeah. That's, but let's let's think about that's this for sure. Though. But yeah. But so let's. I mean, I, I think it gets to a place where it's uh, virtually impossible mm-hmm. um, to please everybody. Sure. Um, but there there need to be some some broad brushstrokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we need uh, our education system to consider uh, language. Mm-hmm. Our language is rapidly decaying. Mm-hmm. Um, the classics there are. When I read the classics, there are words that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and that that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I didn't want I didn't want to say it, but yeah, but uh, that's good. Yeah. You know that's a good that's a good thing. Yeah, sure. Um, now, if it's if it's uh, so many words that I can't. I can't understand the sentence. It's a bad thing. Um, but we're... I hear what you're saying about the classics, and I think that that really is wonderful. And so and I would make that point if you were making a different point, but let me make the, a, a different point yeah. with that. If you look at the at the um, Western canon, so to speak, of classic literature, yeah. you're not going to see a whole lot of black voices represented. Or you're not going to see a whole lot... Of, uh, there's, so 
uh, and that's an issue. That's a real issue. In fact, you're going you're gonna to see a lot of bigotry. You're going to read a lot of people using uh, words like you know the N word uh, throughout books that we consider to be wonderful and classics. And that's I, I still think that they're wonderful and classics, but there needs to be other books available as well. Yeah, and you know it, to even add complication to that point. Um, I remember seeing in my school library a book that was very racist. It had a picture of sure. a black man standing next to a uh, a gorilla, and was was showing the the quote you know similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had the the opposite effect yeah. as uh, someone might think. Is that mm-hmm. oh. Oh, gosh. You know, when I look at this, now I think black people are just like gorillas. Right. No, what it did is it made me, oh, I didn't even know this stuff existed. I didn't know this kind of hate was out there. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it had an adverse reaction to me to say, oh, this is, this is garbage. That reminds me of another book that, was, that I saw that was recently banned that had uh, across the country um, about Ruby Bridges. She's the little girl who went into the first integrated mm-hmm. school, and mm-hmm. there's a famous picture and all. Um, and the and the book talks about apparently this is a book for children for elementary age children very young children and the book talks about how the how uh, there were crowds of white people yelling and screaming at ruby bridges and her family and intimidating them because they believe that white people were superior than black people and such it's being banned because it uh, I, I heard a parent say this in, in an interview I wish the book just said that Ruby Bridges was courageous rather than saying that the uh, white people there were racist. When it says the white people were racist, then it makes my little white girl feel like she's racist. Well, then they interviewed the little girl, and the little girl says, I don't feel like a racist. Those people are racist, and I just felt bad, and I don't understand why they're doing that because that's really dumb. Yeah, this this is a the the idea that that a human can't distinguish yeah. truth or or formulate an opinion without a contradictory opinion. Uh, I agree that that's that's so false. I mean, Completely. my my children, we uh, we were in Philadelphia and we homeschooled because the schools were absolutely terrible. Yeah, and everyone sent their kid to a private school. And we couldn't afford that, so we we homeschooled or we used a cyber school. And um, and there was some really there's some great pros and cons about that. Um, when we got back to Virginia, we put them in public school, and they're riding a school bus yeah. where uh, they had uh, they were in middle school or even elementary school, and they were they were seniors on that bus, and they learned all kinds of filth. I didn't know this until much later, mm-hmm. and of course, you don't want that being uh, introduced at an early age, and you you would like to censor that, you like to filter that, but mm-hmm. it happened. But it had the opposite effect. Instead of instead of drawing my kids into that realm, it made them see the difference between our yes. family yes. and the rest of the world, and it solidified our Christian upbringing in them yes. to say, "Oh, that's that's what the world is about." Well, I think that's I think that's the difference, and I think that's I think that's one of the, one of the key one of the keys to all of this is that what what these issues are doing. Is that it's forcing parents to actually be parents instead of just sort of shutting it off onto, yeah. you know, parenting by proxy through your pastor, your youth director, your teacher, your librarian, because that's what we do, right? Because it's just easier. Right. Uh, but but actually raising your kids, and you know, with 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 my daughter Susan and I, my wife, um, you know, we we've always maintained. A, clear communication we talk through things that she's that she's been wrestling with and so 
she hears and sees, she doesn't ride the bus, but she sees and hears things you know, every day that are absolutely counter to what she what she learns from us, what she learns from, mm-hmm. from our church. Um, but that's how that's how I think you can short circuit the impact of of this material that's out there, the the, the material that they're being that's yeah. being that in a lot of ways are being pushed on them by right. By modern educators, right? The, I I, th- I absolutely agree. I think the other, like the pushback to that, is um, you know I, I've had three kids and I've tried to be Johnny on the spot with all three mm-hmm. of them as best I can, but um, there there have been things that have enculturated them yep. in the wrong direction. Yep. There have been opportunities where they they see the differences and that's been a positive and I'm 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 grateful to God for that. Mm-hmm. But there are also times when uh, they have assumptions or uh, a milieu about them, a, a, a context that they don't even understand that is that is just it's upon them, despite mm-hmm. all the parenting that I've done. And mm-hmm. that in that point, I, I have to say, I agree um, what society does and what kind of education, quote, I'll put that in quotes, that society produces, even through um, the disastrous TikTok and uh, uh, Instagram sort of, uh, you know, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, a friend just told me that he had an argument with his teenage daughter, and uh, it was about an Instagram or TikTok post about a guy providing some sort of information. Um, she was taking this information. He was disagreeing with it as a parent, and she said, yeah, but he's got, he's got a million views. You're, <laughs> just, you're just a guy, Dad. You're just one guy telling wow. me something. Just your pers- hmm. This guy's got a million views. Hmm. Views. Not even a thumbs up or a like or you know right. positive comments. Right. Just a million people have seen it, and for our no, kids I'm in sorry, this culture, not, not a million people have seen it. That means a million views, which right. it, it could have been repeated. Right. I'm yeah. sure many people it just it it shows up in their feed yeah. and right. whatever. Yeah. So uh, that, but that was validation in her mind mm-hmm. that this is legitimate information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, our uh, what is a what's a reliable source anymore? Right. Right. Yep. And I can see why parents are saying, hold on, we let, let we need to look at our materials, period. Yeah. Um, for the education of our children. We need to look at because I, I can't be in the classroom. I mean, it's eight hours a day. They're with other people learning whatever they want to teach them. Mm-hmm. And I know I have access to private schools. I know that. Um, but I can see why this is. No, this no, is really no. Challenging, but no. This is and this is why this is why I was talking about where where librarians, by and large, are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know that that there is a there is a skew towards the left. Uh, there is and there is we we put a high premium on those two foundational issues of mm-hmm. privacy and access. Um, but here's the thing: when you go into you know that, uh, your typical librarian, you know, they're going to go through an ALA American Library Association accredited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. program at a university yeah and so the a and the ala is a very very much a leftist skewed organization but they are they're the ones that provide you go to any job uh job ad it's going to one of the first things it's going to say is must have mls from an ala accredited university uh, mm. university or college mm-hmm. so that's that's just fundamental mm-hmm. so they're coming out of that and now they're going to libraries and you can get an emphasis you go to a, you go to a graduate program uk's got them where you're going to find your emphasis you're going to be public school you're going to be public library you're going to be school library well that doesn't change who this person is and why they got into library and what interests them about libraries well, they love books they love access they love those things so they they get into the school system and particularly in a school system, that librarian is probably going to be the only full-time person in their library. 
Right. They might have some assistance, some um, right. some community volunteers, yeah. that sort of thing. But they're the ones that are going to be making the decision, by and large. Uh, that, I think, is probably what's changing. And that's why we're having a lot of this is that people are realizing they can't just take it for granted that they can send their kids to school and the library is going to be a safe space. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just not that's mm-hmm. not where we are. Right. Right. Um, so they're in there and they're making the decisions for what they're going to put in the collection. Well, they're not they're not getting any input. You know, they're they're this is this is their library. And unless the school system has a has a process in place where they can you know, the administrators can approve or disapprove particular book selections. Uh, and a lot of librarians are going to push back against being told what they can or cannot. There might be a there might be a criteria. There might be a vague or general criteria for what those materials can be content wise and that sort of thing or there may not be it really depends on the school system mm-hmm. they're, they're not getting any input um, about representation so they're bringing all of their baggage into that they're bringing yeah. all of their sure. all of their biases they're bringing all of their you know what what their beliefs are what they what they had their worldviews mm-hmm. are going into that process of selecting materials mm-hmm. and so if they're coming out and if they're like what I've just described what are those materials going to look like mm-hmm. and if they're not getting any pushback and I'll tell you there is no pushback when it comes to the debates more uh, Debates within graduate study within graduate studies classes about well what's what's moral and what isn't what's is that even is that even mm-hmm. a subject of discussion that's appropriate right um, it's always whatever whatever people want give it to them mm-hmm. you don't have to think about that answer all you have to do is just say whatever people want we need to give it to them we need to provide right. it for them you know as, as we're talking about this and I'm thinking out loud uh, which is you know the way I process. Um, I think what I'm realizing is that there's a big difference in my mind between access to information and indoctrination. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And that's really the problem. That's where it's gets, it's getting sticky. That people, librarians, teachers, whoever have agendas, and they're trying to indoctrinate people. Um, and and when that disagrees with what you're trying to do at home, mm-hmm. now we have some problems. But I think I think the wrong approach is to attack the library itself. If the library, unless the library librarian has an, that agenda, and is, I, mean, I can't imagine working uh, in a library and not wanting to influence people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would. I, I guess that's maybe you can speak to that. It seems like I would really want to guide people, lead people towards a sort of information that I would want them to know. Well, I tell you, that has been tried in the history of of libraries in in the in the United States. You know, and that's been around the earliest library was Benjamin Franklin's library. Right. Mm. Um but it didn't really public libraries really didn't take off um until about 150 years ago. Okay. That's that's when it that that's when you really started seeing um seeing them um proliferate. Um and when libraries have decided that they are going to influence the people you know, like, for example, in the, around the turn of the century, uh, there was a library system, I think it was in Chicago, may have been New York, where, and, and of course, most library boards have been made up of the, the local, you know, the local power brokers. Yeah, the, right, you know. right. And um, they said, well, we need to, we need to create a, a library collection that will teach these people wisdom 
and mm-hmm. proper mm-hmm. behavior, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The values that those upper crust people yes. had. Yes. Right. And so they did that, and nobody came to the right. library. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so libraries pretty quickly realized that they need to be an area, they need to be a place where we're going to provide whatever people, what people want, yes. and what, and, and also what the tastes of the particular librarian. You know, likes too. You know, the, the, we have a collection. We have a collection team, and they make a lot of the decisions. But I'll tell you, with our library system, if you re- if you r- recommend or suggest a book, I'd say eighty to eighty five percent of the time that book's going to be ordered, unless there's a basic violation, unless unless, you know, yeah. unless it it really truly is pornographic, yeah. uh, or something like that, whatever it might be. Uh, but not there, a whole lot of pornography comes in the form of books anymore. Uh, no, it is. They're out there. They're out there. But uh, I know this by experience. I have looked for pornography at the, at the <laughs> library. <laughs> you just couldn't find it. Couldn't Doggone find it. it. <laughs> All the stuff I found is super old. Right. Well, right. Well, I learned a long time ago as a young boy that you have to look in the photography section. Oh, That's it. There you go. Yes. There you go. No, Where's so that Annie Leibovitz collection? That out, Will. You can strike that from the record. <laughs> okay. But um, but yeah, so so there is there is a, a um, there is a history of that being of that being done, and but but the thing is, and I and I, and I saw it, uh, I saw an example of it that was really striking in an interview that School Library Journal did a couple of months back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's the professional journal for school librarians. We get it at our library. And uh, they were interviewing a librarian who had been fired from her job, and what? And she was describing how she would create a display, and she would put out. She had a book. I, I guess maybe it was Black History Month, but she was putting out a display that had Barack Obama and Rosa Parks. And she said, "Well, then I had to think. Well, do I need to balance this? Mm. Uh, maybe I should put Colin Powell right. on there." Because and he's that a made, Republican. And that made me <laughs> that made me very uncomfortable that mm. I had to think about it. And I'm and I'm thinking, but that's exactly what you need to do. Right. Mm. That's exactly this. And this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. That that when it comes to, I think as far as. Most librarians are not. If they're asked, they'll say, "You know, someone says, hey, can you tell me? I don't know what I want to read. Can you give me a suggestion?' Okay, well, what do you like to read? What was the last book you read that you liked? Yeah. Oh, this, this. Okay, all right. Well, let's go back here and take a look. And we've got tools that we can use that, you know, that author read alikes that sort of thing. Um, but if there's an indoctrination that comes into play, I'd say it's probably more in the display because mm-hmm. those displays are going to be themed. Now, most of them are going to be innocuous and they should be celebrated. You know, like Black History Month, right. um, uh, Women's History Month, you know, anything, you know, things like that. Yeah. But then come June, you've yeah. got Gay History, gay, gay Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Right. So now what do we say? Is that is that indoctrination? That's where it, this is where this is happening. This is where this is a sticky situation. And this where people is are having their trouble. Right, yeah. right. Now this is this is where, as far as a public library and a school library, that's that's there may be some overlap there. Uh-huh. You're going to get, and I don't know that it's a conscious indoctrination. It's just a reflection of the of the the morals and mores of that particular librarian, right? Yeah. That it's yeah. So yeah. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. Am I giving you guys what you need? This is oh yeah, this I'm is enjoying great. it. Yeah. Okay. okay, so uh, it seems to me that some librarians uh, 
could be really trying to indoctrinate people and steering people to a particular direction. That's that's public libraries as well as school libraries and really steering people toward uh, a particular viewpoint. And if so, I think that that's problematic. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I think that there are there could be, and in fact, I I know of specific librarians who uh, are have no particular indoctrination uh, agenda except. I want to have open access to information mm-hmm. for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, that's not exactly an indoctrination. It's I, I want to be able to give people whatever information that they're looking for. Right. You're looking for an information, we are an information storehouse, and I'm happy to provide whatever information that you're looking for. That is different from indoctrination. Right. And I think uh-huh. conservatives who accuse librarians of indoctrination or that kind of thing, when the librarian is merely trying to provide, you know, um, you know, maybe the, the quintessential example, uh, uh, Mein Kampf, right? So should that be in a library? I think it should. Absolutely. Right? We don't agree with that, right. but that should be in the library. That yes. doesn't mean that this is mm-hmm. something that um, – and, and so – uh, because we need that information there. Right? Right. I, I was actually an acquisitions librarian for, for a short time for uh, Covenant Theological Seminary's library, mm-hmm. and we collected things that were definitely not in line with the curriculum, and, mm-hmm. and that the, that the, that the, uh, there's definitely a very clear purpose of that library. But we included theologians that argued that white people, from the Bible, white people are superior to all other races. <laughs> and we had books in the library mm-hmm. that argued that from the Bible. And no faculty member, and I doubt any student, would say that that is uh, true or good. So right. why do we have it in the library? Because there are op- opposing viewpoints that mm-hmm. we that that we need to have access to. Right. Yeah, I well I absolutely agree if we're talking about an adult library. That is yeah. a different thing. Than, yeah. So, and so then maybe teenagers are like becoming adults and I tell you what, I don't I have a sixteen year old son right now. I do not want to set him free into the world having never encountered anything right. that I disagree with. Yeah, well, uh, so yeah, he needs and, to cultivate a filter. Yeah. Right? He needs to understand right and wrong. He needs to process information, That's but right. that it has to be done at a certain tempo. Exactly. And certain levels of maturity. And, and I think this is where we got a slidey bar. Like, I'm comfortable with him encountering things that I don't want him to believe or agree with or sure. find beautiful. I want him to encounter things at maybe a different rate than you want your kids to encounter that. But both of us want our kids to encounter, all three of us, I guess, want our kids to encounter things like that at a certain rate, but not to be completely inundated. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's the problem, though. With yeah. I mean, let me tease yeah. this out a little bit. Like some of the let's let's get a little more nasty with our with our examples. Come on, get it nasty. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's get nasty. Take it down. Yeah. Take it. Take <laughs> it into the mud, Dave. You, where, when, how, what age do you want your kid to learn how to vape? Um, or uh, how to please a woman? Yep. Um, you know, when when should that book be available to him? What age? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. There's going to be some vast disagreements about that. Like I have not had that conversation with my 19-year-old boys. Why? Because they're not they're not marrying age. Right. They're still in college. They just started college. Now, when they get close to getting married and they've got a legitimate uh, person that they're looking to marry, and it's and their honeymoon's coming up, we're going to have a very frank conversation, and I'm going to tell them all kinds of information that'll make us both blush. Sure, but it's not just getting the information, but it's going to a book. Uh, to, if I find a book in the library right now that says here's how to vape okay i'm going to look at that book and say you know what 
this is not information that I need. I, you know, I'm uh-huh. I, I'm just not interested in that. Right. It's not helpful to me. Here's how to cheat at gambling when you go to Vegas. You know what? I'm just not interested in that book. But that doesn't mean that I want the book to be banned, right? And but there might be a time when I do want to cheat in, at gambling in Vegas, and, <laughs> uh-huh. and you want to vape could, while you're doing it. But I want my son to do the same thing. But not I don't. I have a better filter than he does, and I don't want him to be inundated with everything. But there is a slidey bar, and I want him to. Fu- if he finds a book right now that is on sexuality, just in general, uh, I, I want him to be able to pass that on. And I, I think what your uh, Jim, your point about. That we are expecting uh, the uh, our parenting to we're, we're co-opting our parenting we're we're mm. uh, outsourcing our parenting to pastors and to librarians and to teachers and to uh, what community leaders I think that that's a, actually a really really good point. Well, so let me let me push back because I'm not sure I understood what you said. Okay, so. Uh, you're saying that you would be happy for your son to read a book on how to please a woman. No. Okay. That, I didn't say okay, that. Okay, clarify. Okay. What I mean is there's a difference between you're saying that you want your kids to have that information, but not to have it yet. Okay. Uh-huh. And I, I'm with you 100%. Same thing for me with my son. Yeah. That doesn't, I don't think that that necessarily means that that kind of book should not be in a school library. In a school library. It might mean that. And I'm not saying whether it should or should not. Um, right now, but having it available to them doesn't mean um, that they are getting the information. In fact, I want to help for my son. I want to help him to be able to to, ha- to have a, a a a choice available to him that he decides not to to say this is not for me right now. That is wonderfully idealistic, Willie. Wonderfully idealistic. <laughs> well, but but okay, but here's the thing too. You know, p- libraries, be they public, be they school library, it's a bastion of democracy. Yes, okay, that's right. So you're going to have, and that library should reflect. It should reflect all the various, as much as as it can be, as much as as is practical. Yeah, should reflect. All the various values that that the community that it that it's in holds. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're talking we're talking appropriate. I think that's right, but I think that there are people who would disagree with you about that. But I think you're right about that. I think there are people. I know. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Of course. But but the thing is, is that is that am I going to require another parent to have a to have that viewpoint when I say whatever my kid is interested in, let him read it because it's not going to kill him. I would much rather they read a book than find out about it on the internet. Sure, and maybe they'll talk to me. Maybe they won't. But at least, at least they're picking up. At least they're 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 expressing an interest or whatever. Yeah, sure. You know. Um, so who am I? And this would be the argument that would that would go. Who am I, or who are you, to say that my kid, if I want them to have access to that book, if my kid decides that he or she is gay, why shouldn't they find a book? That will explain to them how to how to fully practice and engage in that culture, right? Well, maybe they should go to the public library instead of the school library. But why shouldn't? But a, but a school librarian is going to say, why shouldn't that kid be represented in this collection mm-hmm. when all the other kids are represented in this collection one way or the other? Yeah, you know, you know the first the first step that a kid may take coming out of the closet, for example, is going to maybe checking out a book. That deals with LGBTQ issues. Totally right. That's right. And you know, I, you know, you and I were talking a bit about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is where I am. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, a lot of this stuff I'm still up in the air about, too. I, I, as a Christian and a librarian, I have to wrestle with what, what, at what point do I push back on this? Yeah, sure. You know, what is my voice in my profession? When, and when it comes to these issues, do I just roll over and go, well, whatever you guys say, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to I'm going to be like Job. I'm going to be like Job and, you know, in in Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm like, it just it just kills my soul to, to see all this going on. Or do I stand up? Yeah. Right. And speak against it. Um, and I lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just lousy beer. OK, um, so yeah, it's you're, you're talking about what. How do we cultivate these filters in a school library? Mm-hmm. Whose morality right. um, limits what information is there? And I think that's where most librarians are, uh-huh. that they don't want to limit. They, they've got their points of view. They've got their point of view. But that most librarians are not wanting to restrict access to any group of kid mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, now, and so... So um, I think Willie and I have had this conversation before. To me, it's um, it, if my morality, I either believe it or I don't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I believe it, then I have to be willing to fight for it in the public square. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that there's nothing invalid about that. No, but, absolutely but what, not. What sometimes I feel uh, Willie pushes against that, like that somehow that's invalid. When I say that's that's what that's my voice that's what the public square is for that's what it's for and and i can argue my points and i can Mm -hmm. because i think it's right and um and if we have a democracy and i've had if i have the ability to ban certain books from the library that i think are really damaging to our youth and our society shouldn't i fight to get those books out of a school library shouldn't i Mm -hmm. i mean do i believe my morality is right or not right do i believe my morality is good and healthy for society or is it, oh, well, that's just your point of view. You can't push your Christian values on other people. Welcome to democracy. Welcome right. to, I mean, this, this, is, this is what it's about. Believe what you believe and stand up for it and speak for it and mm-hmm. use your voice. Don't shut up. Don't be silenced. Don't be canceled. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, no. I, 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 I think it's entirely valid. Yeah, and, and the question is, you know, at least for me as a, you know, as a professional in this, in this area, at what point do I go? Okay, well, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. You know, I have to walk away from this. Uh-huh. I I hear what you're saying, Dave, and, yeah. I, and and I can't disagree with what you're saying. And yet, there's something in me that says it's more complicated than that. I I, I do think it's very complicated. I think it's yeah. very complicated. And the way that you, pre- I, I can't disagree with anything that you're saying. And yet, uh. I hate to put it this way, but it, it seems like you have a more simplistic view of the world than I do. Um, I don't think that's fair. Th- it, it, that may not I, be I true. Think, I, I, I think those comments are in reaction to me feeling that you had a more simplistic view. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I Folks, I'm just like, going to sit back you know, like, and watch like this play out. Kids can figure this out, and, and my parenting will, will protect them. I think that's you know reductionistic. That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable... Um, suspicion uh of what i have said and maybe this is you know we're we're taking different points here and i'm arguing one side and you're arguing the other and and that's fine um that that's helpful yeah well and and i i i reserve the right to not have a formulated opinion and just process or or to change it or to change it to change it right right so uh i'm looking at and i'm saying at at i don't want to protect my son i don't want my son to be protected if he's going into a particular world the world that exists right now in america um, when he's 18, 19, 20, I don't know when that's going to be. 
where I'm really, I've got very, very little influence over him. I don't want that to be a, uh, a stark contrast from, what, from a protected bubble. You know, if, if we're going to protect our kids, we need to become Amish and say, you know what, this is the way it's going to be, and this is for yeah. your life long. If I'm going to introduce yeah. him into a world where he has full access to all kinds of evil, seriously evil, yeah. um, then I want him to, I, I want to be there when he makes those mistakes. Absolutely. I got a great illustration for this. Okay. And I think it'll, it'll pull us together. And, and if the, he doesn't have the opportunity to make mistakes, I don't have the opportunity to coach him through those yeah, mistakes. I, I, I agree with that. Let, so years ago when we were in seminary, we were talking with some friends when the hopper was, was born in your house, we were we were yep. kicking around this very topic. Twenty years as, ago, yeah. As far as what we would introduce to our kids, when, yeah, and and I was arguing the point that I needed to explain the world to my kids as yep. they were able to understand it because of just what you said. Yep, this, this is a very real thing. Yeah, um, and there are very real dangers. Yep, and someone. Uh, Someone that you know rather nastily said, so when are you going to expose your kid to pornography, Dave? Yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, well, I'm not going to expose them to it, but yep. I'm going to tell them that it exists. And I did. Yep. I explained, there. this is what pornography is. Yep. This is where it's available. This yep. is um, this is what I have. why I have a problem with it. This yep. is what it can do to you. Yep. This is how it messes with your mind. I explained all of that all because that, they sure. need to know it. I did too. But I still, to this day, don't want them to see it. Of course. Right. Yeah, and and uh, and that that goes on until they until they're dead. I st- I don't of want course. them to ever see never. it. Never, never. Right. And so there's a, there's a difference in in educating through parenting and talking and bringing about understanding, and then them having access to something behind my back. They're absolutely going to have access now, to that. that. Now, pornography is a hyperbole. Yes, that's that's an extreme example, and there's all kinds of. Uh-huh. But they they have access to it right now. That's that's what's wrong with this world, brother. Okay. I mean, I, when do you give your kid a cell phone and give them complete ac- internet access? Right, right. Uh, I mean, I still govern their phones. Sure. I still put limitations on their phones. Uh-huh. And they're 19 years old. Uh-huh. And they might, well, I'm an adult. Well, when you live on your own, you have your own bills, and you, you know, I'll, I'll play that card as long as I can. Yeah, sure. But um, that's that's what's wrong with the world. They do have access to this. They got access to this in elementary school because their friends yeah. have have piss poor parents who don't who don't limit their kids' access to pornography. I mean, unbelievable stuff. Yeah, that can they can just put before their eyes when they're in elementary school. Yeah, and so I, I'm with you. In elementary school, we sh- and and then the younger a kid is, the more protected they need to be. And I think as they age, the more. We need to help them make better decisions. And so it's in these teenage years that there is like how much, and different yeah. kids are different, different parents are different, you know, and so I think this is where the struggle is. And I, I th- asked Jim, yeah, go ahead, Jim, now I got a question for you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think I think when it comes to, when it comes to high school librarians and, and high school library collections, that when you get to that level, and, and, and honestly, even in elementary school, you know, if, a, if an elementary school is going to carry the book, My Two Daddies, yeah. then... You know that I think I think it's good that a parent should be made aware of that, and if a teacher decides to use it in a classroom, that the teacher informs the parent because, you know, there are a lot of parents who would go, I, you know, it is not your job to teach my kid that issue. Yeah, right. That's my right. job. That's right. Uh, we we our library system uh, at one time a few years ago, we had a librarian that was leading a 
children's story time and using books like that yep. without any kind of warning to the parents. So the parents would come in, bring their kids, and this, these were the kind of books that they were being read to. There are some librarians, there are some library systems out there that offer uh, drag queens to come in and do story time. Yep. You know, so, you know, those things are happening. And if mm-hmm. the parents have to be given an opportunity to say, well, I'm not going to bring my kid to this and I'm not going to, you know, if kid starts crying and screaming and kicking because they're being pulled out of a story time that they really want to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, are those parents going to feel pressured to stay there and right. just let them, you know. So those are the kind of things. And, and, and I think that that's where we are right now because you've got. You've got parents who have always assumed that libraries are a safe space for worldviews, that it's neutral. It's a neutral space. Yeah. You have librarians in school in school libraries who live like we've like we've described in this in this little bubble where they make the decisions and they're coming from a particular worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's going on right now, and the thing that I really despise about all of this is the big money that's coming in funding these small mm. parent groups mm. uh, to get them to, to, to do these mm-hmm. things. That's the thing that, that really troubles me. It isn't a group of parents who are getting together who are genuinely concerned. They are genuinely concerned. But I don't want some outside rich schmuck coming in, pushing his agenda, and using this thing for, for, as, a, as a platform for his overall agenda do you see what i'm saying i think so um you know i um i don't want any librarian indoctrinating people even from whatever perspective right Mm -hmm. right but i don't and it's a big ask i think i think it's idealistic too you think so i do well i think that that's kind of where we're i'm hoping that that's where we get to where that now that now that the blinders are off that school systems will say, okay, well, we need to have some sort of parent-librarian partnership going on here mm-hmm. so that we can discuss these issues. And, and parents from across the spectrum, right, politically, morally, worldview uh, with these librarians and discussing what is appropriate for their kids mm-hmm. in the school library. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the, that's the thing. These, these books are being put into the collections. The parents aren't being told, and they have valid concerns. It's valid, to, to want, it's, it's valid for a parent to be concerned that their kid has, has the opportunity to check out a book, This Book is Gay, where they're reading you know, material that, that shows very graphically. Yes. Yeah. You yes. know, uh, sexual situations yep. among that's among a, young people. Yeah. Um, so they should have a voice in that yeah, because sure. it's their kids too. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I, th- I would like to think that when all of this shakes out, if it isn't being co-opted by people who have a larger axe to grind because of their big, their deep pockets, um, that that's what we come to. That you're seeing more of a voice in the community between the li- between the parents and the librarians. Yeah, but. Yeah, so I um, that, that just reminded me of a, th- a thought that passed through earlier. Um, when it comes to uh, what we what material we provide our kids and not, um, and there's this whole debate about whose morality. Uh, you know, it, it's not immoral to be black, um, and I can argue that point. Mm-hmm. Right? Some people would argue against me. Yep. Uh, but I, I would argue that point. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not immoral to be born a woman. Mm-hmm. And I guess people still argue that. that there's there somehow, is. Yep. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to LGBTQ plus whatever, mm-hmm. it, um, there's, a, there's a biological situation and then there is a moral 
component. And it's, so it's not a one-to-one ratio. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it gets complicated. And I think the right dismisses the biological piece. And the left just is it thinks it's it's acts you know it's it's a one to one. The the plight of LGBTQ people is exactly like the plight of, of blacks trying to get civil rights. Well, that's not that's not true. That's not exactly correct. Um, and that's where since it requires nuance and people don't do that, then it just becomes this this quick point of division, and and that's where we're we're at in this polarized situation, because mm-hmm. this requires more nuance. There are legitimate reasons that people have these sorts of desires. Now, whether they act upon them, that's a, 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 right. even a secondary issue, right. but the fact that it exists. Um, but then there are also, uh, you know, someone goes to prison, and it's the only thing they have access to, and they begin to experiment. Or a kid is confused because, because growing up is hard. And now they've got a million options, of right. not, even, not only options of what to do with their life or what to look at or not look at or what to read or not read, but, but am, I a, am I male or female? Right. Um, and then they, they experiment and they try things because it's completely legitimized by our culture. Mm-hmm. And then they sometime later realize, well, I don't think this is me, but now I've had this experience and, uh, and we have this wor- new word, fluidity. You know, where mm-hmm. I can I can kind of go in and out of these. And to the left, they're like, that's great. Go figure out who you are. Go experiment. Figure it out. Right? There's, no, there's no moral conundrum there. Mm-hmm. To the right, and like my sermon yesterday, um, uh, sin is deceitful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you get exposure to certain things, it actually changes yes. that's uh, right. stuff that's inside right. of you. Right. And, and corrupts things in you. Mm-hmm. And we need to limit exposure to certain things. And again, whose morality? Well, if I believe my morality is correct, I'm going to argue for it. Right. right. Mm-hmm. My question, now we're getting back around to it. Okay. You as a librarian, mm-hmm. as, a, as a human being, mm-hmm. as, a, as a Christian, do you think that we ought to uh, nationwide, if not globally, censor pornography? Hey, podcast hoppers, we are really on a roll in the middle of this conversation, but you're going to have to wait till next week to hear part two. Thanks for listening to the Hopper Podcast. Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. You can write us, you can call us, or just tap or swipe on the purple Hopper Podcast cover art in your podcasting app and find the show notes for ways to suggest a topic for the Hopper or tell us a funny story. Or you can just go to thehopperpodcast.org. Try to keep it clean, and if you do, we'll probably feature you in an upcoming episode. All right. Special thanks this week goes to the Quakers who served me burgers and ice cream at the restaurant. They were the friendly friends of friendlies. Really? Yeah. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, or join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. Join our Patreon account for our bonus episodes. All right, Dave, what is the lesson that we should take away from this week's episode? That delivered pizza is the sustaining food for internet and gaming hermits. You take away the pizza uh, and that, that, that stops. That really does sum up the episode well. Yeah. Thanks. Mm-hmm.